Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Yay, we're both in studio. Woo-hoo. We're both here in the building. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> running all over uh, this green earth and uh, both in the building and get uh, to share something that uh, we both really enjoy a lot, and that is art. Yes. And particularly something exciting new at uh, Concordia University, Nebraska, something you and I have in common. Neither of us are alumni of Concordia University, Nebraska, but our spouses both attended Concordia University, Nebraska. Yes. (laughs) It's a small Concordia world, isn't it? (laughs) Something new uh, is exciting at Concordia. Center for Liturgical Art. Now, that the center has been around for a while, correct? Yes, it has. But the, they're breaking ground now. And uh, mm-hmm. joining us by phone to help us learn more about the Center for Liturgical Art at Concordia University, Nebraska, Mark Anschutz, Managing Artist for the Center for Liturgical Art. Mark, welcome to Faith and Family. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you with us. Always fun to have an artist on the air with us. And uh, the most challenging part when it comes to discussing art on the air is we only get to discuss it. We don't really get to see it. Uh, So that makes it kind of challenging, but that makes our work all the more fun because we get to be more descriptive in our language. Yeah, we'll paint a picture for you. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Mark, tell us about your background as an artist, and what drew you into specifically liturgical art? Well, I think I was born creating things, and before I even went to school, and school didn't beat it out of me not to be creative. So. <laughs> and I was blessed with a really great high school art teacher, and uh, her husband was a sculptor, and I got to know him and worked for him over the years. And Then I went to Concordia here and had four fantastic art professors, and one of them was Reinhold Markshausen, Mm. who the property that we're going to build on was where his house was. So that's how I started, and and Reinhold told me one time, you know, Schutz, which is my nickname, Mm -hmm. Schutz, someday there's going to be church artists, and you may be one of the first ones. Little did he know I would be maybe the only rostered full-time visual artist in the Lutheran Church at this point. And so our goal is to have many of them in churches all over. So that's sort of how I got started and started making large art way back in the 70s and have building and, you know, God called me all over the country to everywhere from Washington, D.C. to teach art to... St. John's Winfield, and then I started the art program out in Irvine at uh, Christ College at that time, and now it's Concordia, Irvine. And so, you know, been in the art world a lot. God's moved me around and got to meet a lot of people, which then helped the center connect up with, you know, the church at large. Tell me a little bit more about becoming the managing artist for the center for the liturgical uh, center for liturgical art it's sort of a i don't know different kind of way of starting um back about at 9 11 um they started the center harvey lang and, and the lang foundation uh gave some money to start the center he was good friends with mark Sousen. And we had always dreamed about something like this, but there was nothing like this. And there's still, we're the only center like this that I know of. And I came and just volunteered some time one year because I was a artist on my own and helped grow it to the point where we could uh, make art 
teach students at the same time and support ourselves so the university wouldn't have to put large amounts of money into the center. So that's how we started, and that was back in about 04, and we've grown. Now we have three of us that are full-time artists here, and we're getting ready to build our own building, and it's just a lot of excitement going on. So talk, t- tell me a little bit about uh, what, these, uh, what the purpose of the center is and uh, what, what kind of works of art you produce there. Okay. The center is about teaching and it's about helping the church um, develop their own art speak. It's a lot like your radio station. We try to reach out to the whole world, giving the gospel in a visual way. And so the center does a lot of different things besides make large artwork. The artwork, so you could see it, you could go online and see it on our website, probably the easiest, uh, liturgicalart.org. And there you'd see art. You could go to the blog site and you could watch it being made. We try to upload something every week of something we're being, uh, you know, making so churches can watch their artwork being made. We make everything from stained glass windows and mosaics to altars and fonts. And uh, the young man that works with me, Evan Belleweg, he's going to Hong Kong tomorrow to install a large window. Hmm. It's 15 foot tall and 70 feet long, 72 pieces at uh, Hong Kong International School and Church of All Nations over there. So, I mean, there's a lot of cool things that we make. It's probably easiest just to go online and see them. (laughs) How is art a part of our surroundings, the space in which we gather for word and sacrament? You know, when we gather for divine service or for prayer offices, for prayer services, how is art a part of that? Well, Mark's always said in class, he'd, he'd say something like, you know, if your eyes are open you probably are collecting a thousand pieces of information through your eyes per second. So visually, you're taking in probably 80% of the information going into your mind. And with that, then everything visually, even things that aren't art, like if things are just not neat or tidy, that's going into your mind. Now your mind says, hey, we're looking at this or that. But it's also taking all that in subconsciously. So the first thing that people remember is what it looks like, and they uh, it has to affect how they worship. So it's uh, we're we're talking about total aesthetics, not just the visual art like paintings or drawings, but how things are set up, how they visually uh, look how they're in harmony with each other, how they have maybe variety from each other. So it's, it's a total visual experience we're talking about. And, of course, it has a huge effect. Um, you know, they say you can uh, affect a building when you're making it, and then the rest of its life it will affect you. And so the worship space is the same way. Sure. Are these pieces that, that you create, um, how, how do you come about to actually create a piece for a church? Well, that's a, that's a part of uh, what we're doing here. 
we get uh, a lot of art majors working for us. Uh, they actually get paid to make art as undergraduates, and they learn the everything from working with committees and drawing up scale models and, and presenting things to uh, installing and, and making bids and all of that kind of stuff you don't learn in class. So when we're making a piece of art, we're always teaching our students the same, how you go about being a professional artist in, in the church or at large. And so how we go about it's unique for every project. We probably do 30 or 40 projects a year. Um, many times it's, it starts with a relationship or we have to build a relationship. So everything sort of relies on our relationship with the Lord and then our relationship with the people. And the people out there, we come alongside of them and we find out about them. So we first do a lot of research and talking to them and, and finding out their needs. Then we try to propose a whole package to them of things that they could do uh, at whatever level that they can afford and at whatever timetable they want to go at. Some churches we've worked with for over 10 years now building things. Um, so it's, it's an ongoing process all the time with, with making art because it's always changing. And sometimes we're going and restoring pieces, um, mm. fixing things. Uh, next week I go to Chicago and work on a mosaic that Markshausen had made, uh, you know, 50 years ago. So it's a whole variety of things. Earlier you mentioned that it, as a child, you were creative uh, from early on as a child. You were creating things and then school beat it out of you, <laughs> you mentioned. How can, let's talk about teaching art and creativity. Can you teach creativity? I mean, how do you go about teaching art? How do you nurture creativity from children through adults? Uh, what could we be doing in schools that nurtures creativity and art? Well, I think one of the first thing is, you know, we, we talk about art is just a fun thing. It is fun. I mean, I, w I was just painting right before we came on air here, and uh, you know, I have paint on my hands right now. I, I, I thought I could love <laughs> making things. You know, I just make things all the time. But we we make it like it's a second-hand, you know, a stepchild that, uh, you know, we don't want somehow. It's, it's just important to be creative. I mean, people want to hire people that are creative. But in the school system, we're always trying to knock it out as something that's, you know, like a secondary thing. Um, but going way back, you know, art was a crucial thing, and it was highly regarded. And so I think that would be a first step is just we need to become aware that it's as a vital thing to us, that we're always creating and uh, solving problems. That's what you do as an artist. So, uh, so, so sort of a paradigm shift maybe, in the school, and then get them to where they can actually play. I think when you're in kindergarten, maybe preschool, you get to do a lot of things that are art-like or even art itself. If they even talk, I, I don't know preschoolers talking about, hey, I made this piece of art today, but they're always making things, and they don't care about the rules because they don't know the rules, and no one's forcing it on them. 
And then as they go along, second, third grade, fourth grade, we start to beat it out of them because, you know, they got to follow all these rules and they got all these important things to do besides drawing or or daydreaming or anything that is creative. And it's just counter to, to how nature is in you, how God made us. So. so then how do we go about teaching art to, uh, to adults, young adults, college students? What, what's your approach to teaching art there at the center? Well, here, uh, you know, they have their formal classes where they're drawing and painting, but when they come over here, they get to work with professional artists on actual pieces that will probably outlive them. And um, they, they're given responsibility. They're given freedom to make choices. Now, all along, you know, there's someone alongside of them helping them and guiding them. But they, they actually, you know, like... I'll, I'll take them along, and when we're buying or picking out wood for a project, you know, who, what professor takes you down to the lumber yard and then shows you, you know, what you're looking for and what you're not looking for and what's a good price or not a good price for, you know, the material you need. That's the kinds of things we do. I'd say a good professor does that. Yeah. Well, or one with a lot of time, you know. <laughs> or one in Seward, Nebraska, because, you know, in a smaller... Uh, town like this, we can actually go downtown and do that, where it'd be harder in a big city, I think. I remember on my internship as a DCE working with an artist in the congregation in Chicago, and we went to a recycling center to, ah. to, uh, to find pieces for art. That was always a creative place. Yeah. Well, Mark Sosen used to uh, take us to the city dump, and there was even a movie made where the students were in the dump finding things, and he would get so excited about anything he found that could be made into a piece of art. Tell me more about the artists at the Center for Liturgical Art. Right now we have three artists. We have uh, um, Evan Bellaweg, who started as a student eight years ago, and then when he graduated, he uh, became the managing uh, operation manager, which was fun for me because that took all the paperwork away from me. And, <laughs> and he's, a very, he's working on his MBA, so he's a very smart young man with uh, managing tools and, and uh, business sense. Um, which made all of my bosses above me happy because they like business to run smoothly. And I'm your typical artist. You know, I've been doing this for 40 years or so and uh, just love making. And if I could do that, you know, that would be fine with me. Um, and then we have a brand new artist that uh, just graduated last year from college. And we had a, this large project in Hong Kong that took us, oh, almost a year to make. So he came on board and now uh, he and I are going to install some things in Indiana and Chicago next week. And so the three of us make art here. And then we also have Bill Wolfram, who was one of my mentors in college, who um, comes over, hangs out with us, gives us critiques, whether we want them or not, on our artwork. And 
He's just always around uh, wisdom like you can't believe. Started, the, uh, you know, the art major here at Concordia way back in the 60s. So there's, you know, and then we have a lot of uh, subcontractors. We have a metal subcontractor. We have a wood subcontractor, um, fabrics. Um, so some things we, we design and other people make, some things we make. Sometimes we send students to, to uh, work with other artists in other areas. So let's talk a little bit about the actual um, the actual center and uh, what's going to be happening. Uh, well, the groundbreaking, I guess, for the center already already happened. Um, was that uh, this week or last week? That was last week, uh, right before commencement. Uh, it was on a Monday, and about eighty people came, and it was a celebration of life and and the blessing that the Markshausens had given this property. Uh, it was a little bit hard on them because that's where they had grown up. And we took down the house, but we kept Marxie's studio, and we'll redo it and have it as a part of the center. And then the center will be built on that sort of the front door of Concordia, right before you come up to the main big buildings here. So, so what, what will be the, the new and exciting things uh, as a part of this new center? <laughs> well, I always tell people we'll have light and we'll have air, things that you really need. Right now we're in a basement of an old dorm, and it's great space and all, but when we make something, everyone upstairs knows it by the smell that's, that's coming out of here. And we only have a couple windows that we put in last year. Um, you know, so artists need light, and they need air, and they need space, and they need... Uh, a way to get things in and out so we won't have to go up and down the steps and we won't have small doors. We'll be able to, you know, unload a truck or something a lot easier. Um, we'll have outdoor spaces so we can make outdoor a lot of the part of the year. Um, we'll have higher ceilings. Uh, so we'll have 15 to 16 foot ceiling uh, space, wall space. Um, and it will be new and clean and exciting. We'll make some artwork that will uh, show off our, our abilities. So when you walk in the door, the front door will be the Reinhold Markshausen door that he actually made for their house. It's a beautiful wooden uh, burnt door. Um, if anyone's ever gone to his house, you, everyone remembers it and loves it. Then we'll build some new stained glass windows that will uh, go around the door. And then above it, eventually, we'll make a mosaic um, that will go with the whole theme. And who knows what else we'll make when we get over there. When are you anticipating the completion of the, the building? All right. Well, that, that's pretty... They're, they're hoping for homecoming September 22nd. Um, you know, God willing, and the weather hangs in here with us. They're already working on the site. The plans are all made. One of the beautiful things about this building is our first ecclesiastical art student ever to graduate from Concordia uh, went on and became an architect and shows this is the first building she's ever designed. And we're really excited about Kirsten Tucker's design. And, and uh, so everything's in place that it looks like September 22nd. 
Outstanding. Uh, is there? Uh, are you sharing those designs or that information or other images that we can get uh, an idea of what the new center will look like? Yeah, I, I think again, if you go to liturgicalart.org, um, I think the blog is where I get a, a lot of information. I don't go there every day. I should go look, I guess. But I, uh, Evan, they post things all the time, and I think they posted the layout and uh, the building. Uh, like a computer view of what it will look like on there. Very good. Liturgicalart.org. Uh, that's exciting to, to have a new space. Until then, you're, you're still stuck in the basement. Well, we enjoy the basement, <laughs> uh, you know, and, you know, the professors are gone for the, the summer pretty much. I mean, they're in and out, so they know that, when there's a new smell going on, we're making something new down here. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we may still use some of this space um, as we get going because we're getting more projects every day. And, you know, it's just easier to have different rooms for different things you're working on. Who knows how your art will change once you have air and light. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we've adapted from the beginning. We started in a room that didn't have much of anything, and we cleaned it up, and they liked it so much they took it over in the art building, and then we moved uh, a couple times there, and as the art program grew and we grew, especially when we grew, um, you know, we moved to this new basement space, and uh, we started with one room down here, and we have... I don't know, four or five of the rooms, you know, that they weren't using. And it's, uh, you know, there's always something going on here that way. For future students who study at the Center for Liturgical Art, what will they be prepared for when they finish their studies at Concordia? Yeah. Um, well, we, uh, many of our students go on to be pastors and teachers architects, uh, artists that work in the church, artists that work uh, on large, um, you know, commercial kind of pieces. Uh, there's some, there was a missionary that took art classes with us, um, DCE. So, you know, it's a whole variety of people that see the need of art in the church and are interested in art. Some of them are advocates for the arts. Some of them make art. Um, we have a fellowship program here. So once you graduate from any university with a BFA or a BA in art and you want to come, um, we have a young lady coming this summer that will do the fellowship with us. She'll work on a piece of her own for a church that we've helped her line up. And, and we'll work on other projects. So half the day she'll work on her project, and, half the, and we'll help her with it, and half the day she'll work on our other projects. So there's lots of ways of learning. I think what's exciting to me is, you know, when you're a student, you work as a student worker in the cafeteria or, I don't know, on maintenance, which are great jobs. But here, when they come over here, they get paid to make art. How cool is that, you know? That, I would think, is pretty cool. Yeah. I would think, as a student, that would be very, uh, also very rewarding. Perhaps, maybe even daunting at times. 
Well, yeah. I mean, just think, we made this huge window that's going to Hong Kong, and all of these 10 students that worked on it can say, I did part of this, you know? That is, uh, that's, that is, I would also be very nervous about sending, shipping a piece of art (laughs) like that. The Center for Liturgical Art at Concordia University, Nebraska. Check out liturgicalart.org. Mark Anschutz, a managing artist at the Center for Liturgical Art. Thanks so much, Mark, for being our guest today. All right, thanks. Well, that does it for today on Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Up next, Thy Strong Word with Pastor Whedon on the Messenger of Good News. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at kfuo.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.